Come on, Mike. Yeah, let's get cameras on. Come on, Joanne. Let's see that. Eye candy. Gina, come on. Mike Soul. Hey, Bill. Mike. Mike Soul, what is up? I'm, I'm, I'm driving. I didn't want to be, you know, a little rude. Well, not really. How you doing? What's the deal with Mike Fury? Are you, are you Mike Fury coach, or is that just harking back the day? Or what's that, that, was just la- that was just last year's uh, uh, retreat, January retreat. Mike and I worked together in 2010, 2011, yeah. 2010. Yeah. In uh, Walnut, California, back when he was in Northridge, and now he's in San Diego. So welcome, uh, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. <clears throat> I'll say we're going to start in about one minute. Let's get the recording going. Record to the computer, record, yeah, why not? All right. Just we give it one more minute, let's people pile on. We just sent the text out a minute ago. Ooh, nice. Nice. Okay, so here it is, four o'clock, and today it, this is the um, weekly probate call that I do on how to get your first sale in probate. And I think um, uh, I'm Bill Gross. I'm a real estate broker here in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm with EXP. Hey, Neil Finkelstein, how are you? From Jacksonville, Florida. I hope. Thank you for staying up past your bedtime. Good, good. I completely forgot about this Thursday night meeting, so I was about to play a little. Uh... Uh, bookworm on the computer and then all of a sudden I see this little uh, thing pop up on my phone. Nice. Very nice. We're glad to have you. Thanks. So, I've just introduced myself. I'm Bill Gross. I'm the, uh, I've organized this, this call weekly. I'm a real estate broker in LA, California, specializing in probate. That's my main focus for lead generation. I work with investors, wholesalers. I also built out my own real estate company. I have 24 agents in my company, helping them add wealth and residual income to their real estate practice and uh, if you're interested in that, feel free to, to see me separately about that. But this call is all about helping you get uh, one more sale now. Now, I, I understand there's a lot of programs that teach you how to do a thousand sales a year, but they don't tell you how to get the first one. I would tell you get the first one because I believe you get one, then you can get two. If you get two, then you can get three. And then from there, you can build a business. So we're going to talk about that today. So I want to share today the... the um, what I, what I call the misdirection of our industry when it comes to getting business. What do I mean by that? Now, you know, I, I use as my marketing, uh, my website and my email, thelaprobateexpert.com. And I actually got the website laprobateexpert.com, my co- branding coach suggested the, to indicate that I am separate and above the others. It's not true that I am the the expert of all of probate in LA. In my world, in my niche, in particular, properties sold at court, I believe I've seen more sales than anybody in LA in the last two years. And I'm willing to document it. And I have the data of all the sales for the last two years. Uh, Out of the Abbas has that. I know more about the procedures of that. So I have some real genuine experience and expertise. And that's what I use to get petitioners and attorneys to want to work with me. Now, there are better click funnels, websites, emails, phone campaigns. In my old days, I would out call anybody for three hours a day. Nothing wrong with that. 
it doesn't scale up. Once you call three hours a day, unless you want to work more hours, there's no way to do more business. Whereas if you can improve the depth and quality of your referrals, then your business becomes unlimited in the way it can grow. I'm going to give you an example. I currently have an escrow where I represent the buyer of the property at a court confirmation sale. Now, a lot of agents don't bother with that. It's very technical. Sometimes your commission gets cut a little bit. Not always, but sometimes. Uh, you have to go to court. Uh, you only win the property one in three times. If you're good like me, one in four for average. Um, your customer has to get a cashier's check. There's a lot of details about it. But one thing I like about it is it gives me a chance to work with the attorneys and the judge by being there regularly. So I've been buying, I've been representing investors buying one or two properties a month before COVID. And that's picked back up to about one or two a month since the court reopened in uh, June. I'm gonna share with you a, a, a recent case I have. And I'm gonna point out some fundamental mistakes. So at a court sale, what's interesting and very not well known, I'm gonna give you some very important detail insight. If your buyer buys a property at court, you technically are not entitled to a regular contract. The court issues an order and that really is your contract. Unless the buyer and seller agree to more terms in the escrow instructions, or if the buyer and seller agree to write an RPA with all the negotiated terms, both parties can agree to do that. But technically speaking, the seller can say to you, hey, you bought the property, there's the court order, they have, they have to give you title, they give you title insurance, but you own the property. That's it. No contingencies, no paperwork, no disclosures, nothing other than required by law. So <clears throat> sharp listing agents know that. Sharp buyers agents know that and prepare their customers. But inexperienced agents who represent people they shouldn't be representing don't know that and put their clients in a difficult position to wit the following story. My buyer buys a property. I'd ask the agent, did the decedent pass in the property? She told me no. We buy the property at court. <clears throat> in the AVID, the age, not the TDS, but the AVID, the uh, uh, agent visual inspection disclosure, the agent puts in decedent passed in the house about a year ago which means that if we're going to fix and flip it, we have to disclose it. It means some buyers may not want it. It might mean problems. It might not mean problems. It depends. Obviously, you'd prefer not to have that happen, correct? Who agrees you'd rather not have the decedent die in the house? Okay. Well, the agent, who's a probate expert, she has a, you know, a website. She's a probate expert. She passed some class. But she doesn't understand that the details of this are where the money is made. So I ask her, because it's in the AVID, please provide a copy of the death cert. It's a public record information. It shouldn't be hard to get. They have a copy. It has to go to, to escrow. So she provides it. Well, guess what happens when you read the death cert? Who wants to guess what I discovered in our, when I read the death certificate? Now, Joanne's asking a good question. Uh, why is she disclosed the first time? Because she's she's dishonest. But that's that's another story, Joanne. 
What do you think I discovered? I got I the, the agent told me that the decedent did not pass in the house. Then out of the blue, I get the AVID. They did pass in the house. Potential problem. When I asked the death cert, what do you think it said? Was she murdered? Slaughtered. Well, uh, it's a he. Not in the house. They died in the hospital. How's that for good news? Yeah. Because what I know, having done this a few times, is you might think you died in the house, but they'll pronounce you dead most commonly until you're at the hospital. They'll try to resuscitate you. They'll try to revive you. Right? If you have a heart attack or something like that. So it's it's kind of rare. Cause of death, if, if it's death's in the house, that means you, they found you dead. You've been there for a day, most commonly. So now my sellers, my buyers off the hook. But here's the point I want to say. Because the agent normally disclosing the death would be irrelevant. That's our buyers beware. When you buy a probate, you buy as is, you know, without regard to the to the agent misleading us. Let's assume that she answered properly. She was just too lazy to ask her client. I've since learned she's just really lazy. But here's what, what happened. The other part, because of probate, you don't need an RPA, a full contract, a full residential purchase agreement. Technically, the court order is sufficient. But the agent, because she works for a brokerage who doesn't know the rules, I don't want to embarrass the company and say their name, Sotheby's, because they're so high and mighty and so luxury and so hoity-toity, Sotheby's. I don't want to say the name. Because she works for the company, it's so good. They made her request an RPA from us. And then the RPA requires them to disclose, requires, and it gives my buyer contingencies to back out. Because she didn't think in the contract to what I would do if my company acquired this, I would include a contingency removal concurrent with the contract, meaning you've already waived all your contingencies. An RPA is a residential purchase agreement. It's the standard California Association of Realtors form. With all the disclosures and all the contingencies and the defaults really protect the buyer. So we went from a case where we have a court order saying, buy it as is, close in 10 days, to now my buyer can say, you know what? I don't want to buy the house. Here's my contingency. Decline. Stupid. Right? So she's smart enough to get the listing because she passed a program, cold called the attorneys. This is what attorneys hate about realtors. We spend too much time learning how to get business and not enough time learning how to manage the business and how to be great realtors. We want to tell people that we're, that we're probate experts and we don't learn how to be probate experts. And the reason I do this call, and there's some good training companies, uh, alltheleads.com, great training on marketing and where to come from being of service. But what nobody really teaches you in my experience and my knowledge is what do you do? What's the practice look like on a day-to-day -day basis? And I'm going to give you guys all, I think, you know, I used to run a coaching company and I charged $1,000 a month for client phone calls. And certain ideas are not worth a lot and other ideas are worth, I think, $1,000 a month. I'm going to give you guys for free a thousand dollar month idea. Who would like that? If you want to learn probate, say I. Okay. And I'm going to tell you guys to do this. And I know that less than 10% of you will do it. It's free. 
and would it be the best thing to improve your business? Now, this applies to California agents. I don't know, Neil, about Florida. Please tell me the answer if you know, which is this. Print out the probate forms that you need your client to sign and read them until you understand every word in the contract. In, in California, we have a, a, a probate listing agreement. We have a probate purchase agreement. And for non-residential properties like vacant land, we have a probate purchase addendum. You don't use the addendum when you use the purchase agreement. They include different things. But how can you be a probate expert and not have at least read those forms? And more importantly, understood those forms. I'm here every week. If you want to become the expert to read those forms and call me and ask me what paragraph eight means, because I know what those forms mean. That's what probate experts do. And so my challenge to you guys is spend more, at least as much, if not more time on being an expert than you do telling people you're an expert. And I think that's true about your, our general real estate practice. It's shocking to me about how many real estate agents don't know the basic forms they use on a daily basis. I tell real estate agents, if you want to be a ninja warrior realtor, the forms are your swords and your knives. Learn how to use them. Keep them sharp. Keep them at the ready. Know how to print them out like that when you're talking to customers. But in probate, I'm going to say to you right now, I don't think one in a hundred realtors in LA, I know of probably one, can I name them? Maybe five, maybe 10, but I can name probably five. So I'll assume there's 10 realtors in LA that know the probate forms. My experience is none of the others do. Even those doing a fair amount of business miss significant pieces. It's shocking. So there's my free advice to anybody who wants to learn how to get probate. And here's what I want to say to you. Part of why we're not confident when we go to sell, gosh, this is distracting, is because we don't really know what we're supposed to know. When we really know we're supposed to know, we'll be more confident in pursuing the business. And when people ask us, we'll know the answer. Does the property have to have confirmation or not? And if it does, what does that mean? How long to close is escrow? It's all in the form. And people ask me all the time, but it's in the form. They're the buyer's agent on the deal. It's in the form. Now, as a Sorry, I think I froze up. As a listing agent, and why I'm a good listing agent, why I think I'm a great listing agent, I think my job is to teach the buyer agents on my listings how to create offers they're going to close. The reason why my sellers and my attorneys choose me is because I teach agents every week how to write offers, how to close escrows, because then I do it for, on their own. So I wish I challenge you. You want to be an expert in this business? Great. Download the forms and read them till you know them. And you should know, and my standard in real estate has always been, you should know anything you ask your client to sign. Anything. Okay, Joanne, now the process has started all over again. Well, not really, Joanne. If you're talking about the story I talked about in the beginning, my buyer wants the property. He's willing to waive everything. 
they got lucky because there are buyers who would back out when they got the Avid. And I'm a smart agent. I could have got them out of the deal. They don't have to start up again because my buyer wants to, my buyer's going to buy the property whether somebody died there or not. Turns out nobody died there and he's happy because brokers don't teach us. Joanne, you're right. And that's why we do what we do. Okay, in Florida, you're aware of the standard uh, should be special for probate. So uh, Neil, ask your broker, go in your broker room or post your broker room or the special, maybe there's a disclosure for probate. My guess is there's something. Okay, there's gotta be something or an addendum. And as far as, I've heard the argument that we're not attorney. Well, I'll tell you what, we have special powers in the realm of real estate regarding contracts that we're not attorneys and we're not to give legal opinions, but we certainly are within the contract, can share with them, can point them to the, the proper verbiage. And if they want an attorney's opinion, at least we can give them the right form and paragraph to ask a question about. Um, so uh, I'm sorry, Neil said he heard that we're not attorneys. We're not, but I think we're supposed to know the forums that we're involved with. Okay, that's my soapbox. You wanna be an expert? Step one, learn the process. Master the process. Challenge me, stump me. Read the form, come back next week with a question. So when your buyer asks a question or an attorney, you know the material. You're the person then they're looking for. They like you, you're aggressive, you have a relationship with them and you know what you're talking about. The one thing that the attorneys hate, and it's funny, I'll tell you another inside baseball. Most attorneys know nothing about this either. They know nothing. Why is that? Well, I can only speak for LA County, but I can tell you that if you download the database, like I have of probates in LA County and Orange, same thing, 90% of the cases are done by attorneys who have not done two deals in two years. On average, less than one a year, 90%. 10% are done by the probate monster attorneys. They're great. They know what they're doing. High volume. Probably dealing with their paralegal a bit. But the 90% are done by an attorney who has not done one a year. They might be great attorneys, but they don't know the particulars of probate. And if you know the contract, they'll review the contract. But if you already know it, because often what they're asking about is covered in a, in a clause down below. Like they'll always say, well, you have to put it in as is condition. In our standard C-A-R-R-P-A, our standard California Association Realtor Residential Purchase Agreement, it says the property is as condition, correct? We don't need to put it in. It's already there. So I highly back to them and say, well, we can, we can emphasize it, but it's right here. I like to be, I'm a minimalist. I don't like to repeat what's already there. You only run the risk of creating problems, in my opinion. If it's there and we don't need to discuss it, I'd rather leave it and, and, the, and then we have it. That's my style of contract. Some attorneys will say, well, I want to emphasize it. Okay, you're the client. We'll do whatever you want. Um, I've been through the PASA about five plus times in depth. What's a, what's a PASA? Purchase and sale agreement. That's your, uh, what you said the RPA was in California. Okay, so you've been through it five plus times. Is that good for you? Good for you, Neil. My, uh, my attorney that I use is the one who wrote it. So beautiful. Training online and stuff. So can a part can be a PR put money into the home and try to get it sold on the retail market if they don't want to sell it as is? 100 percent 
Okay. You now, said in the now, that it says as this condition. No, I most often attorneys will say we're selling it as is. Okay. But the truth is, even to put money in the property, they're selling it as is when they're done. Got it. Okay. Every sale really is as is, unless it's some sort of a contractor deal where people buy it and they're going to install their own cabinets or they're going to upgrade the fixtures or something. But the standard contract in California states it's as is, right? You don't normally sell a house and say, well, we promise to repaint the family room or we're going to remove the cabinets or something. It's as is. That's the standard. And, and oftentimes sellers think, well, if we put as is, that means they won't, when they do the inspection, they won't negotiate down from there. Well, that's fallacious because the buyer's assuming the condition of the property when they have the inspection discover it's worse than you might've thought, then they might ask for a concession. So for example, my house, we just discovered, we've replaced some of the pipe. I have, I have a house that was built in 1932. Some we've replaced with um, copper from galvanized, but but a section we didn't. I didn't. I you know if I had disclosed, I would have been wrong. Uh, and that spot is right where the washer is, and that spot has been backing up about every three or four weeks now, and and we probably need to replace. And it's only it's only six thousand dollars, right? Now this is California, but my point of that is if I was a buyer and discover that. You know, and if a buyer said, well, it's $6,000 to replace the, the, the plumbing, I might be a little defensive, but I had my own guy out here and we looked at it and that's what it's going to cost. So my point is that know the verbiage. Uh, can the personal representative put money in the home and try to get sold in the retail market? Absolutely. Not only can they do that, some want to do that because they're not living there. They don't really have the, the inconvenience that a normal family might. And uh, it's expensive to borrow money for the state, but as an agent, you might, as a value add, advance the money, lend the money. There's inheritance advances, another option, expensive. Probably not worth it for fixing a property up, but as an agent, I know companies, and I've done it, where I'll lend the money and charge them, but waive it if I close the deal and get my commission back, and and they, you know, I'll waive the interest costs. Uh, Bill, I just, I spoke to the guy at that, um, where they lend money to an estate mm -hmm. and they have it on a tiered system up to six months, up to one year and after one year. So basically on a $20,000 loan in six months, you'll pay back 26,000 over a year. It'll be about 31,000. And if it's over a year, it's like 38,000. So you're almost doubling the investment on that. It's very, very expensive. Right. 26,000 is a uh, uh, three per, uh, 30% in half a year, uh, you know, it's 60% annualized interest. So it's expensive money for, for the estate to take an advance on their um, inheritance. Um, yet, sometimes by getting the advance, they can avoid foreclosure, they can avoid, they can get the right attorney. Look, getting the right attorney when there's disputes makes all the difference in the world. If they can do it on their own, great. And, and I, I use a service to get them to, uh, it's kind of like a self-service document process. Um, I'll advance in the money to help them get started on that. A couple hundred bucks. They have, they have uh, um, in, in LA, when you publicize, publish the probate, that can be 900 bucks. Uh, again, you know, I'll advance that money if I'm the listing agent, right? But those are, that's part of your business package. 
Okay, so that was the the information I'm going to talk about on the um, sale that we just did and why it's so important to know the forms, to know the process, to know the distinctions in, 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 uh, in probate versus regular real estate. I don't know how it is in every state, but here in California, it's very um, monitored, administrative, very procedural, very detailed. Most people have no idea what they're talking about. Most brokers have no idea what they're talking about. And so your opportunity is to be the expert. And I'll tell you, the effect of reading the forms is you'll feel different when you talk about the process the next time. You're more likely to get the listing by knowing the forms next time. One of the things I've always done when I do listing presentations, now I'll admit with COVID, I haven't been in front of a client to sign a listing. And I'll, uh, but, but what is common now is I'll email them the package ahead of time with the forms. Before I have them e-signed, I like to send them a PDF version of all the documents with a net sheet, right? But by having those forms, you know, they're, they're gonna ask you a couple of questions. And I think sometimes customers read the form and ask a question just to see, not, you know, not the answer to the question, they're really asking you, do you know the answer to the question? They're kind of testing you to see how confident you are, how comfortable you are discussing those things. And how you do that by knowing the forms, by reading the forms. So um, uh, that's my presentation for today is know your forms, know your process, questions, comments, questions unrelated to what I talked about. No? You're muted. Oh, he's, he's saying a minute. I could just no? ask you instead of... Um... Of typing it in. Do you ever do a probate comparative market analysis? Um, MTI Education talks about you send them one, which is at the time of the decedent's passing, and then the second one is the current value of the home. So I think you're confusing something. As part of the pro required part of the probate in California, and MTI is based in California, the estate is required to do a um, inventory and appraisal report by the probate referee, which is really the probate court appraisal process, probate referee. And they do a appraisal of the property on the date of, of uh, uh, passing. Uh, and then it has to be done as well within uh, uh, one year of sale, right? And they do one at acquisition and that determines the tax liability, right? So MCI education promoted that in their, in their training and talking about, um, they asked one of the marketing techniques when they call is, did you receive a PCMA, which is a probate comparative market analysis? And they send it so that they could send it to the CPA and do the taxes. So what you're saying is in California, the court does that for them automatically. Well, they don't do a CMA. What, what you're saying is perhaps we can argue with the probate attorney and, and raise, or probate referee and raise the value at the time of acquisition. They bought the property, there's a sales price, right? And then they, they died at some point. If they died you know, within 90 days, you can probably use that uh, report. It's within one year of sale. But if they, if they uh, died before then, uh, two, three years ago, you'll need a separate appraisal date of death than, than for the sale. Could you get a higher appraisal on, and then there's, there's a step up, right? When you, when somebody passes, that difference 
there's advantages. Do you want that tax liability in the state or do you want the tax liability on uh, whoever's inheriting the property? And so I, you can imagine that, that an accountant might want to hire a lower appraisal on the date of death appraisal. So I've had, I've had um, you know, attorneys contact me to pull comps, not at the current value, but what was it in, in 2018 to establish either it being higher or lower than the probate referee asked for. And, you know, could you, I mean, to me, that sounds like marketing by confusion. You get your, your probate CMA, if they don't know what it is, they don't necessarily want it, you're calling them to show off a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'd rather come more direct. One of the things you can help with, obviously, is pulling comps. I, I think all of us have the ability in the MLS to pull comps on a prior date time period, right? You can go in and look at sell dates of January 1 through March 31st, 2018, and pull a CMA for that property if you wanted to. Right. We all have that ability. I don't know, that sounds like a little cute thing, but I don't know anybody who's doing that. I've never heard of anybody, well, I've never met anybody a, who does it. They said the CPA would need that information to do the taxes for the uh, for the estate. I just went through a training actually earlier this afternoon oh. and talked about it. Well, again, the, it is required, but in California, it's required to be done specifically by the probate referee. Oh, by the way, Bill, I contacted um, one of the two probate judges here in Jacksonville, and uh, or not the judge himself, but the, the assistant, and uh, I might get a chance to meet with him or have dinner with him, and uh, I can ask him these types of questions. And wow. Such. Wow. That's what I'm pushing for. They were open to it. So wow. I Wow. Tell him that you're part of a 400-person national network of probate real estate agents. Love to get some questions on video or live. I can ask him about that. Get him on one of these Zoom meetings. Love to. And then, you know, I don't know about where you are, but in our area, they run for re-election. And, you know, it's a public service. And amongst other realtors, invite the realtors. uh, Or, you know, one thing we're doing is we're actually looking to host association events with attorneys but wow, to have a judge, that's a big deal. I don't know what's like in Florida, but in California, that's a big deal. I'm just I'm just trying all stops to do what I can, you know, get out there and, and, and kill it. I think it's great, Neil. I think it's fantastic. So whatever he lets you do. Um, let's see. So Joanne, when you call, you list your first probate, you're calling me. Well, that's that's very sweet, Joanne. Glad to help any way I can. That's what I'm here for. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I, I, I obviously I'm, I have a business I'm running. If you guys feel like you need some help and want to share the deal with me and need a co-pilot, I'm available. If you just have some questions, I'm glad to do that as well. Sean Rogers, YouTube influencer, real estate guy between Hawaii and Los Angeles. Welcome to our call today. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I thought it was the other Sean. I, I'm sorry to see you. I was, I was looking for the other Sean Rogers. It's, it's, only, it's more than one Sean Rogers. Is it your son, <laughs> Sean Rogers, also? Huh? Is it your son, Sean, also? Oh, yeah, Sean is here. He's doing his thing right over there. Well, I'd rather see him than you. Nothing personal. <laughs> How you doing? Th- thanks, Bill. <laughs> I'm doing good. <laughs> nice to see you. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank- th- thanks for the information today. That's um, a simple and, and right on time. Look, you, what you do uh, when you go out and see property and video, you're showing your prospects, your clients, your past clients, your future clients, that you know real estate for nothing else than you're in front of a house and you're shooting a picture of it or you're shooting a video of it, right? Yes. You're saying, I know what I'm talking about. So for the rest, for all of us, that's a great tactic. Another one is 
read the form and be better yourself, right? So go see property. The oldest, best way as a real estate agent to make more money is go see more property. The more property you see, the more money you make. Let me repeat that because that's very complicated. The more property you see, repeat along with me, the more, more money, money you, you make. make. Who wants to make more money? Say I. Who wants I, to make I, more I, customers? Say I. I. Who wants to make more customers? Okay. So here's another easy one. Go see more properties. Here's another one. You want to learn probate real estate? Pull the listings of probate real estate in the MLS. Go drive those properties. If you can't get in today because of COVID or whatever, it's not convenient, fine. At least you can drive them, right? So go see more property, make more money. Know your forms better, make more money. That's today's moral. And that's even true for the standard RPA form. Know the form better, make more money. Okay. Any other questions today? This is fun. Any other questions? Those are golden. I just wrote wrote those notes down. So we don't we don't never want to forget it and do it. See more property, make more money. That's a tough one. Who knows the contract best wins? You know, Christian, I will tell you, there have been many commission checks that I earned and many happy customers I created because I knew the form better than the other agent. And I try not to make it confrontational. I try to not make it a zero sum. But some agents, they make it, they pick a fight with me on the contracts. Generally, that's not a good strategy. I just say, I'm just saying, <laughs> generally, there's other guys to pull that game with. But you're right. He who knows the contract best wins. He'll help his clients better. Absolutely. Good. What are the questions or what else should we learn here today? Anything else? Not that we need it. Busy day. I'm kind of losing my voice. So let me just say a couple of things real quick and wrapping up. Unless somebody has a question, you can type in the box or raise your hand. I'm going to wrap up here with a couple of things. Number one, I have a call every Tuesday at three o'clock for real estate investors. Love to have you join. Uh, it's really designed for listing agents to pitch the listings if they're, if they're good. Wholesaler investors to pitch the properties if they're under contract. I say send me ahead of time and that way I can share the screen and you can walk through and pitch it. No cost, no referral fee. Just love to have you present good deals to, to clients. That's Tuesday, three o'clock. We also have guests from time to time, attorneys, accountants, financing people. So love to have you join me for that. Second, if you're interested, if you're a real estate agent and you're interested in commercial real estate, um, in the past, I've always been interested in learning more about it, but it's been limited. And in the past, there were always these conventions in Vegas and in Florida that cost a lot of money, quite frankly. And some of my colleagues went and built their business by going there and networking and also learning the product and learning the systems. Sounds familiar. I want to share with you guys that the company that I'm affiliated with, EXP, is having a virtual commercial convention week after next. January 25th through 29th. And it's it's five days full of different niches, tools, processes. You don't have to be the EXP to value that. And I have a couple guest tickets for free. So love to have you if you're interested in learning commercial. Text me and I'd be more glad to. And if you're with EXP, Sean and Neil, uh, and I think Mike, you're with EXP, Patrick, we got a bunch of EXPers here. You guys should all be a, a part of it. If not all of it, but for sure part of it, uh, because it's an opportunity to learn the business that's really um, 
Uh, and in probate, we get the occasional multifamily, the occasional commercial, the occasional retail. How do you handle that? And you'll have a chance to learn those. And I think every agent I ever talked to wants to learn how to do multifamily. So there's a chance to learn that. Uh, and if you're not with the XP, feel free for free. It won't be a sales pitch. I'm not going to grab you, make you see a presentation. It's not a timeshare deal. I'll just sign you up and love to have you go. Um, so great. So we should email you for that, Bill? Email you? Email or text. Uh, okay. 310 uh, Or you can email me, Bill, at the, uh, pro, the laprobateexpert.com. And I'll put my info in the chat box. Um, but I just can't believe anybody that's called doesn't have my contact info. Thexpert.com. Uh, Am I on WhatsApp? Um, not really. But for you, I can, I can, I'll go on it you know, one time. You let me know I had time. It's there. I'll, I'll go check it out. Um, okay. Nancy asked a question. I'm sorry. Just, just pick this one up. Um, if the owner died in the hospital, do I still need to disclose the MLS? Well, Nancy, uh, first off, what, what real estate company are you with? Are you an independent broker or are you with a, a franchise? Um, I, I'm with EXP. Beautiful. Nancy, that's a great question for your broker record. If you don't know the answer, I would either go into EXP World, the broker room, or Friday at 9.30, Angela Kofer has coffee with Angela. Great question to ask her there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, thank the you. The answer is no. You don't need to disclose they died. They know they died. It's a probate. Uh, it's only if they die in the house that's an issue. Oh. It's only things affect the real estate. But still, Nancy, good question to ask your broker. It's a good excuse to go meet Angela or one of the brokers. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for participating. Appreciate it. So again, uh, Tuesday, real estate call. If you're in commercial real estate, if you have any questions, call me, text me, email me. And I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for making this a great call every week. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Neil, thank you. And Sean, especially, thank you. And Christian, nice to see you again, as always. Thank you. All the regulars, thank you. Andrea, nice to see you.